Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, there is a, a hodgepodge of news and notes to get to today. There is, yes. It's, uh, we're not in ASU football season anymore, so we can kind of you know spread our attention around. And uh, yeah, fair amount of things going on. So let's start with the NFL playoffs. There was uh, a miracle in Minnesota, a stunner yeah. in Pittsburgh, everything going according to plan in New England. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from last weekend? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the Minnesota game was the best game, no doubt about that. That was, that was an exciting game um, that, you know, looked like it, the Saints might be outclassed. Um, but you just had the feeling all they needed was one you know, one score and they could get right back in the game. And that's exactly how it ended up going. They got that score at the end of the third quarter and then they got the interception by the guy who ended up being the goat at the end. Um, you know, and that just, you know, you didn't feel like Minnesota could keep scoring. So once new Orleans found the offense, it was like, hold on for dear life. And they almost didn't, um, you know, drew Brees put together a good drive, converted a fourth and 10 kicker comes out, drills a field goal. And you feel like, boy, they're going to get a big win. And, and then one fluke play with 10 seconds left, and everything changes. Yeah, Vikings fans are, you know, sharing on Twitter and Facebook all of the crazy yelling and screaming that happened yeah. when they won the game. And congrats to them. That That's certainly an exciting win, and maybe it makes them feel a little better after uh, the Brett Favre Saints game. I mean, they have had a ton of, of you know, anguish in the postseason. The, the Brett Favre game, the... Gary Anderson, you know, missed kick when they ended up losing in overtime with the 15 and one team. Uh, you know, the Blair Walsh missed kick a couple years ago. Uh, four Super Bowl losses in the first, you know, 11 years. I mean, the Vikings fans are a tortured lot. They really are. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, blowing a 17 nothing lead at home was, you know, if you're a longtime Vikings fan, you were probably already putting that game right alongside all those. Um, but they, they pulled one out, and now they move on to the next round. And as Kornheiser said today on PTI, I'm sure every Vikings fan is mentally prepared for some sort of anguish this round, but we'll see. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a chance to make history, be the first team ever to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Case Keenum or Nick Foles is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and of course it's it's leading, you know, and Blake Bortles being in the AFC title game is leading to a lot of talk of, you know, boy, the quarterbacks, you know, are quarterbacks overrated now? And is it not really a quarterback driven league? And you could probably tell from my tone, I, I feel like we're looking at a bit of a fluke this year. Um, one, important to remember that the Eagles are here because they got a star quarterback. And that star quarterback was 11 and 2 and was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. So ascribing that, oh, the Eagles made it with an average quarterback, not really. They got in this position because they had a star. The other two teams are are following the format of the you know two thousand Ravens, uh, you know average quarterback play and great defense. But I feel like there's some flukes in there too. Some quarterbacks got hurt this year. Um, you know, some teams got breaks or what? You know, tiebreakers went the wrong way in the AFC. We could be looking at a whole different scenario with just a couple things different. I mean, I think part of what you have to keep in mind with something like that also is, um, you know, the Vikings are in, I would say, largely because of their defense, but also the season kind of broke right for them. Sure, you sure know? it did. They, you know, I mean, you would, you would probably agree with this more than even I would, but 
would the Vikings be in this position if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt? Who no. knows? I mean, we, we don't know. We don't know. But, you know, they had the Packers have kind of dominated that division. Vikings are a very good team, taking nothing away from them. But, you know, the Packers sliding backwards when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt helped. I don't, you know, I mean, there's no other way to say it. They might have won the division anyway, but, you know, they their biggest, you know, roadblock was pretty much taken out. Yeah. So maybe it was worth it for Anthony Barr to have that cheap guy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, and that, and there's other, you know, the, you know, Deshaun Watson gets hurt, and and the Texans go from a borderline playoff team to a terrible team. Maybe they would have made the playoffs if he stays healthy. Um, you know, Andrew Luck missed the whole year, so you take a team away there. Again, the tiebreakers in the AFC. If they go different, and it's San Diego and Baltimore, not San Diego. Eh, sorry, slippage there. L.A. and Baltimore. Um, you know, and it's Phil Rivers and Joe Flacco. Maybe the results are different and Jacksonville isn't here. So, I mean, you know, a little little breaks here and there has us in this this way. But to me, it's kind of a fluky year. Yeah. Uh, and then on the AFC side, you know, we talked about the Jags and their defense. But, you know, New England overcomes the manufactured ESPN adversity. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, against a, a pretty overmatched opponent. I mean... It was, a, it was a fun little, you know, 10 minutes when they took a 7 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter and thought, oh, man, maybe they're going to do what the Jets did a few years back and pull off the stunner, but they just didn't They just didn't have it. I mean, it didn't surprise me that ultimately they couldn't keep up. You know, the Jaguars will be interesting because they have some of the things that have been a commonality in teams that have beaten the Patriots in the playoffs, which is a great pass rush, uh, you know, a physical style Kind of that, you know, not scared of anybody. The Ravens, the Giants, the Broncos, the teams that have beaten them kind of have this same type of skill set. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I just ultimately I'm not sure I trust them offensively. But, you know, maybe their defense can keep it close and, and you know, make things difficult on New England at least. Yeah, I mean, defense travels and, you know, Fournette and Yeldon yeah. both found the end zone against Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be that pass rush. I think that wins and wins the game if they're going to win the game. That you know because again, but you know what the two Super Bowls that Brady lost, the AFC title game to the Broncos a couple years ago, the you know the one to the Bolt to the Ravens a few years back. The common theme was pass rush, be able to hit him, make him uncomfortable. Um, you know, still be able to drop in coverage. You don't have to blitz to do it. Uh, and Jacksonville's got that ability with that defensive line. It's really good. They got the Pro Football Writers Defensive Player of the Year, Calais Campbell, which is cool to see him get that award. Um, and, you know, a lot of other good pass rushers and a good secondary. Um, I, I touted Jalen Ramsey last week, and he started to get started to get that notice after going on record and making that public statement in the, in the stadium rally after the game. Um, it's a good defense, but I don't know if they can pull that one off. They are brash. And, they are. And, and in are the best kind of way. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and uh, we'll be fun. You know, I don't think this is a one-year blip, honestly. this I mean, It's a good young defense. They've invested a lot of money in some free agents, and it's a very good draft picks. Ramsey, Dante Fowler, uh, you know, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, um, and then spend money on, you know, Campbell, Malik Jackson, 
A.J. Bouye, you know, I mean, they, they've put a lot of resources into that defense, and it's paid off for them this year. The the Bouye-Ramsey combination is yes. the best pair of corners in the NFL. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. I mean, it, and they, uh, you know, they went all in on defense and then, you know, drafted the running back at the top of the draft at Fournette. You know, it's 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 classic Tom Coughlin football. It really is. You know, run the ball, play good defense, old, old school, but it's working for them. And, you know, if, if I mean, what's the stat? I think I heard they're 10-0 and and Bortles doesn't turn the ball over. So if he can avoid the mistake, maybe that's all they need. Yeah, for sure. Um, picks? Should we? Do, uh, let's do some picks. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Patriots Vikings. That's the same way I'm going. I think that's uh, that's probably the large majority of people would probably pick that. Um, it's you know the Patriots being even more of a overwhelming favorite because of their experience being at home, all those things. Um, and the Vikings, I, I think, are better than the Eagles. I know it's you know it's on the road, but they finished with the same record. The Eagles don't have the quarterback that that had them flying high most of the year, and so I, I yeah, I'm going to favor the Vikings in that one. Are Jaguars Eagles or Jaguars Vikings the Super Bowl the NFL doesn't want? Um, I don't know that it one is more than the other because. The Eagles certainly would bring a, a compelling story of a you know franchise. I mean, both the Eagles and Vikings never have won a Super Bowl, so you you've got that you know a long time franchise. The Jaguars haven't either, but the Eagles and Vikings have been around since the Super Bowl began, and they've never won one. The Vikings obviously bring the element of being a home team, um, and the Eagles bring the element of being a you know a, a big market who has you know knocked on the door but never got there. So I, I don't know that one is is worse than the other, but certainly, uh, you know, the Patriots are the draw. I mean, if, if you if I don't think the NFL is going to fix the game, but if you're you know a suit in the NFL office, you're probably hoping that the Patriots win because then you get the Brady Belichick. People love the Patriots. People hate the Patriots, um, and that brings a little more interest. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. The Super Bowl is such a draw that I don't know that it really matters. People will watch it regardless. While we're on the topic of the NFL, let's talk about guys who are about to join the NFL ranks and guys who aren't. Alabama, national champion, losing a lot of players, including their backup running back, but not their starter. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I, for me, the, where the most interesting and compelling storyline is, is, is the return of Bryce Love to Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, on a, on a Pac-12 level, I agree. And um, as, as a fan, I'm excited because they come to Tempe this year. They haven't been to Tempe since 2014 with the, you know, rotational schedule. So it's been a while, and uh, I'm kind of excited to get to see him play in person, hopefully. And, um, on a national level, though, I will say, to me, the headliner was Clemson. Getting all three of those defensive linemen back and their best linebacker, you would have never guessed that they'd be able to bring back that entire D-line, which was the strength of their team this year. Three guys who, you know, first or second round prospects, all turning down the draft to come back alongside Dexter Lawrence, who's probably a first round prospect next year, uh, is unbelievable to me. And, 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 you know, expectations are going to be through the roof for what that team can do. Because, they, you know, anything short of getting back to the playoff will be a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, you went out on a bold limb in text. Do you want to do it 
on. But it's early. I mean, it's obviously early, and there's always you know there's injuries that can happen in the off season and things like that. But barring something major, I can't see myself not picking Clemson to get to the playoff again, given that they're bringing back so much of the defense. Their their young offense is now a year older. They've got a returning starting quarterback if they want him. I mean, that's a luxury. They got a returning starter who went, you know, twelve and two, or actually twelve and one because he was hurt the one game they lost in the regular season. And they've got two five stars behind him who could unseat him. Yeah, I mean that that is a that's a nice luxury to have as a program. Like, yeah, we got this guy, but we might have guys better than him. Um, and and uh, you know, the ACC just seems to be their playground right now. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and Alabama is Alabama. So I, you know, I said I probably saw two teams coming back, maybe three, because I think Georgia could too. Oklahoma could too, but I think Georgia's probably better positioned. You know, it's early; things will change, and you know, we'll have some transfers, we'll have injuries, we'll have things. So I don't, I don't want to go on complete record, but it's not unfathomable to see a lot of repeats in the playoff next year. I am excited at the prospect of you turning to the dark side and going all in on Alabama. <laughs> I'm not all in on Alabama. I'm all in on their quarterback. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, that's the first step, maybe. I mean, you can't deny, I've never denied that Alabama is, is an excellent program. I mean, I have, you know, I've never, you know, sat here and said, oh, they're overrated. They're not any good. I just don't like them. But you have to give them credit for what they are. And I do like this this tongue of Iloa kid a lot, and so yeah, with him back, I mean, you're right. They do lose a lot. Minka Fitzpatrick and Calvin Ridley, and you know, probably uh, probably will have three or four first round picks again, like they seem to every year. But it never seems to bother them. Like you know, they they lose a lot, and then they've just got another group of guys that are kind of right there to to take over for them. All right, we've talked about the elite college football programs now let's talk about the elite college football programs plural of arizona um the sun devils recruiting under herm has started to pick up mostly it appears thanks to the fact that antonio pierce was the coach of long beach polytech yeah uh and we are making some inroads into california Donnie Yantis, who is a holdover from Graham's staff, said that that was going to be an emphasis this year when Graham was the coach, and it appears that it remains an emphasis under Herm. But the big story comes from our neighbor to the south. The Wildcats have finally replaced Rich Rod, and they got Sun Devil one-time clubhouse leader for the head coaching position, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, you say one time, two times. Two times. I'm sorry, you're right, was, two times. He was the clubhouse leader in 2011 as well um, and ended up, you know, leaving ASU at the altar at that point to go to A&M. Um, this year it seemed different. It seemed like, you know, there was a lot of a lot of media and fan speculation that they were interested in Sumlin, but I don't know that they really were, or at least that Ray Anderson was, which is the only opinion that matters. Um, but yeah, you know, twice now in a row, we've thought, you know, Kevin Sumlin was high on the list, didn't come here, and now he's coaching Arizona. So the world's a funny place, I guess. I've seen many variations on this tweet. It's something like this. U of A hires Sumlin. ASU fans get a front row seat to what life would have been like on the other side. Because really, all of the advantages, this is now longer than a tweet, this is me, to be clear. 
really all of the advantages that ASU recruiting has in football are mirrored to some degree uh, by the state rival, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the I mean, I'm talking about the weather, the conference, sure, the, sure. the exposure, all of that's the same. Now, ASU's got two Rose Bowl appearances and a Rose Bowl win and a little bit better historical track yeah. record in football, um, maybe not in the rivalry, but, you know, na- on a national scale. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's kind of an interesting, like, test. It's, it's rare that you get to see what the other version is. And, and I think this might be the worst thing that could have happened for Ray Anderson. Maybe, maybe. And, and yet, you know, maybe it'll be the best thing. Uh, I mean, because maybe Kevin Sumlin won't do well there. Like, we don't know. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, a more, it's certainly a more conventional hire. It would be hard to be more unconventional than what Ray Anderson did. Um, you know, it's more by the book of what you'd expect. And yeah, is it possible that three, four or five years from now that we're sitting here and saying, boy, I wish we just hired that guy. It is. It's also possible that three or four or five years from now, we're looking and saying, eh, you know what? We probably, we maybe dodged a bullet by not hiring that guy. We'll see. You know, I mean, as I've said about Herm Edwards, time will tell results will tell. Um, you know, he's, he's a exciting name with um, a questionable amount of substance to his record, really. If, I mean, if you're being honest, uh, you know, he, he coached a Heisman Trophy winner who he did not recruit. People forget that. He did not bring in Johnny Manzelli inherited him. Um, and, you know, really failed to re- recruit a quarterback of any kind of impact after him. Uh, his defenses were never very good there. So we'll see. You know, maybe Arizona will be the right fit. Less pressure, less of a fishbowl, that type of thing. Or maybe some of the same problems will plague him there that plagued him at a I jumped away from a topic that I need to go back to because I meant to give you kudos when we were talking about recruiting and we were talking about quarterbacks and everything like that. You were on the Brock Purdy bandwagon <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> yeah, about how ASU yeah. needed to offer him. And then ASU lost Brady White and I saw yeah. some speculation like – very quickly about oh maybe ASU will finally offer Brock Purdy and yeah. then Nick Saban did so you and Nick Saban yeah. eyes on the prize <laughs> eyes I on mean, the prize it's, uh, it's cool for the kid you know I mean he uh, he had a great senior year he had a great career and certainly a great senior year you know when he was in the state title game the narrative was man you know what more does this kid need to do to get an offer and now he's getting several, you know. I mean, it's not just Alabama. Certainly, they're the most high-profile. Boise State, I saw offers. Boise State, uh, Central Florida, Iowa State. You know, I mean, he's getting some some good offers, and and that's great. I mean, I, it's cool for him. Um, I I do think, you know, word of caution, Alabama offering him, like we shouldn't overrate it. I mean, it's it's cool for him. There's no taking it away. But it's a little bit like, you know, using a fifth-round pick on a quarterback. If Alabama wanted a star quarterback this year, they'd have gone and got one. The fact is they, they you know, they need a body, basically, because they only have three scholarship quarterbacks, and one of them's Jalen Hurts. You have to think his future is up in the air, at least there. And so they need they need a body. And, and it, you know, again, as I texted you last night, he, if he goes there, he's probably going there with the thought of he's likely a backup. Maybe he becomes something more, but probably not. But if he goes to UCF or Iowa State or Boise State, maybe he gets an opportunity to be a starter 
So it's a tough decision for him. I mean, you know, what what do you want to pursue? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I wonder now would ASU even have a shot though? Because we're in, but, but only because we're in late, and sure he could compete yeah. here maybe compared to like Boise. It's a better right. conference, yeah. but if you aren't, you know, if you're still under fifty percent likely to get the chance to start somewhere. Right. Wouldn't you rather not get the chance to start on a national title team than not get the chance to start, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a tough – I mean, I don't know his mentality at all, you know. But it's got – it's probably a difficult call for him over the next, you know, three weeks or so until it's time to sign Um, because what do you want? You know, do you go to Alabama with the notion of, look, they've got Jalen Hurts, they've got Tua Tungavailoa. Those are two guys who, you know, played a big role in winning a national championship this year. I got another kid in Mac Jones who is a pretty highly regarded recruit who may never see the field given the other talent they've got. And very likely they'll get somebody more touted in 2019 and 20. So likely, you know, your spot is to be a backup and maybe you become something, but probably not. Or do you go to one of those other places where maybe you get the chance to be a starter in a year or two, or you're at least competing on a more even playing field with other guys of your caliber. Um, it's highly unlikely Brock Purdy is ever going to be the starter at Alabama. Again, maybe he will be. Maybe things will transpire and he will be. But he's facing a pretty uphill battle to do that. I'm going to talk about a different topic. Because this has been something that's bothered me since uh, Brady White announced he was transferring to Memphis. (laughs) Okay. Brady White has one career start and it's a win. He didn't yeah. finish the game, but it's it's a win, and we're going to give yeah. it to him for purposes of this. Right? Yeah, I mean, he, he played well. He left. He left with the lead. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's got two years of eligibility left. Does at bl- least maybe at, three. Maybe three, but at least two. Yeah. Especially yeah. with this new rule that they're considering, with the four games gets you uh, redshirt. Yeah. But yeah. Do you think that he winds up with Mike Norvell? winning more games than Manny Wilkins does as a starter across their careers? I think he might. I mean, now, okay, so Manny's got, what, if we do the math, Manny won seven games this year, and he won five games last year, four games last year. We four. finished, what, five and seven? We were five and seven, but Brady White got and one Brady win. Brady won one, so four. So he's got 11. So he's up 11 to one already. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, presuming he gets at least two years. And we're presuming he wins the starting job. I don't. I don't know Memphis quarterback depth chart well enough to. I, mean, I know their but, their guy from this year is moving on. Yeah, but so, he'll have a chance to compete for the job with the guy who yeah. recruited him to ASU. Yeah, there's a natural opening there. Obviously, he probably chose that for a reason. Um, so, assuming he does, yeah, I think he might. I, I mean, I think it's a really good fit for him. Um, you know, I, not to be anti Manny Wilkins because I'm not necessarily, but I think he's a. I think he's a good player who's a bit miscast in an offense here that wanted the quarterback to run a lot. And if you saw what Norvell did at Memphis, away from Todd Graham, it was a very pass-heavy. I mean, Riley Ferguson threw the ball all over, and I think that'll be a better fit for him. Conference isn't as tough. I mean, just you know, just being honest, there's there's more soft games in the American than there are in the Pac-12. Uh, and, it, and it's a good program. I mean, they've had some going for a while now, from Justin Fuente to Norvell, um, produced some good players, you know, that have gone on to the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think he'll do very well there. I mean, I, you know, 
it will sting a little bit if he does really well. But I wish him luck because I, you know, I think the, the opportunity was right for him to go. He was going to be stuck behind Manny Wilkins this year, it seems. And then who knows after that? So, uh, you know, I don't blame him at all. It's also worth noting this is one of those times where it's good to go to class and, and it is. get your yeah. degree. Yeah. You know? Yeah, three years and out. And, and it, it gives him the opportunity to do what Ryan Finley is doing at NC State, which was grad transfer. And he's now going to be going into his third year of eligibility there. And Brady White is going to have at least two. And if he gets the medical redshirt for you know, 2016, which he probably should. I mean, he only played, I think, in two games and got hurt. Um, that would give him up to three years. So if he wants it, now maybe he does really well. and He's, you know, got a chance to go to the draft or something like that. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's it's a good spot for him. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a reward for being a, a good student. You know, he obviously worked hard to get out in three years, and now he gets that opportunity to, to you know, explore other options when they were out there for him. Meanwhile, that leaves ASU with uh, probably DSC as the number one backup, you would assume. Well, I mean, what do we know of Blake Barnett? It, like, boy, has he been the forgotten man or what? Like a, uh, a year ago, right about now, we were celebrating signing him. He was going to be a big star, and he's still here. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he's still here. But, I, I mean, if he's still here, I would assume he's the backup, but who knows? I, I You know... Things have sure changed with his reputation in six months from entering fall practice and thinking he's going to win the job to now we kind of forget all about him. Could he be like, uh, um, blanking on the name, the kid from AM who transferred who then declared for the draft? Kyle Allen. Could he be like Kyle Allen and just declare for the draft because what I mean, what else is there? He could have he <laughs> this year, uh, you know, and he could next year, I suppose, but it's too late now because the, the window's yeah. closed now, I guess, but. I'm surprised he's still here. Uh, you know, a, a total speculation, but you wonder if he, you know, maybe he's made peace with the fact that, hey, you know, I, I, I like it here. Kind of like what we used to talk about with Burko. You like it here, I'll bide my time. Maybe I'll get the chance to start in 2019. I'm going to be a senior. Manny will be gone. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm surprised given his pedigree that he is still here. But then again, he's only got two years of eligibility left, and if he is going to transfer to another major school, you got to sit out one. So, you know, what are the options realistically? Unless he wants to go FCS, which he could, you know, go to a go to a team that you know would basically hand him the opportunity and try to put up monster numbers and get noticed. Um, but short of that, there's not really a lot of great options for him. Yeah, I, I will admit, I. Completely discounted the possibility that he would be the backup when I asked I that mean, question. I mean, you kind of forget. You do. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, you know, was thinking about it last night when we, you know, were texting about Brady White, thinking, you know, okay, he's gone, and well, we, we've still got Blake Barnett. I would have thought he'd be the first one out the door if you had asked me, you know, at the end of the year when Graham got fired, you know, who's going to be the first quarterback to leave? I would have guessed him. He's not. Now, it doesn't mean he won't leave still. We're still in fine shape. I mean, I read somebody tweeted. I can't remember who it was. You know, ASU's quarterback depth chart looks a little thin. No, it doesn't. I mean, we got we got four guys, four scholarship guys, one in each class. We got a senior, a junior, a sophomore, a freshman. That's fine. Another departure would make it a little thin. So you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Do you think Blake Barnett's that character in a movie who's crying in the rain, screaming, "I've got nowhere else to go"? Maybe, maybe. 
maybe. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, kind of a mystery. And I, I, you know, you'd say that like, well, maybe he gets an opportunity to compete this year, but I doubt it. I mean, they this you know Herm and and Ray Anderson, who maybe is more involved in decisions than I'd like for the football program. Um, have both, you know, publicly talked about what a star Manny Wilkins is. So it doesn't seem like this is an open job. I mean, barring Manny really struggling and or getting injured, he's going to be the guy all year, I would think. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. So I don't know. It's it's uh, It'll be interesting to see, you know, where it goes. And, and obviously, it's so hard to know anything. I mean, it, it would, given our, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just a I great, know that's, that's just a great quote. You know, it's so hard I to mean, know anything. We've, we've kind of gotten used to, I've gotten used to the, you know, security blanket that was Todd Graham. And you could kind of predict where things might go and what they might do. And now it is such an unknown because not only do we not have Todd Graham, we can't really compare it to anything recent it, you know you can't look at the guy's previous job and say well this is how he handled things then you know if we had gotten kevin sumlin you could say well you know geez he was quick with a trigger to you know replace his quarterback and will he be again who knows man who who knows what is going to happen with herm edwards because there's just nothing to base it on yeah true there is a coach though in tempe who we are starting to know what he does and what he yeah. does is close elite prospects who come to visit. <laughs> That's right. Bobby Hurley signed apparently, sorry, verbal commitment from yes. a second five-star recruit, Tayshawn Cherry, a uh, one-time USC commit, rumored to be, according to the LA Times, uh, individual number eight in the FBI right. report of uh, tampering by college coaches which right. is, you know, coinciding with his decision to leave USC. His mother, right. for whatever it's worth, has denied that he is uh, player eight. Sure. Um, this, to me, feels like uh, an absolute 100% risk worth taking because we didn't tamper. We're not accused of tampering. Right. And if he's ruled ineligible, okay, fine. No one's going to get him. But if anyone gets him, we get him. <coughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, hey, I... I think you always take a risk on a five-star prospect. Uh, I mean, you know, like it's, it's worth taking the risk because the payoff should be worth it. You know, if it does work out for you, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, obviously as that was my first reaction was, man, I hope, I hope he stays eligible. Um, but yeah, I mean, it gives us two five-star prospects for next year, which is, uh, kind of, you know, unheard of territory i don't know that we've ever had that they we've well had one, according one to haller according to haller harden was one right since harden kiala king was one yeah and lou dort is two so right. so we've never yeah, had more one than one class. in a year yeah uh, exactly. we've only had yeah, two yeah. since harden <laughs> two total yeah yeah so yeah i mean and, and obviously you know as you mentioned kiala king the word of caution uh, just because you're a five-star prospect does not mean your career is going to be great. They, you know, could get more diametrically opposite results than Harden and Keala King. Harden was everything he was supposed to be and more. Keala King was not even close to what he was supposed to be. So you never know. But yeah, I mean, the, the more talents you can get, the the better your chances are because then the misses don't hurt you as much. Yeah. If you only have one, I mean, that was the thing with Keala King was like, 
put a lot of stock in him. And when he didn't work out, it was a tough blow to come back from. And honestly, Herb Sendak never did. I mean, if Keala King had been the player he was supposed to be, maybe Herb Sendak's second half tenure here would have gone differently and everything's different. Who knows? But he wasn't. And, and it was hard to weather that storm. But how about Bobby Hurley? He's got he's got c- considered to be top recruits in each of the yeah. next four classes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know he's got three coming in next year that we know of, and you right. you can now uh, safely add Bragg's scholarship spot as being open True. to go with the three True. senior guards. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's exciting what he's doing. I mean, this this season has been exciting. It's leveled off a bit in the last few weeks, um, but it's still a very exciting season given you know where we've been recently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, the the even more exciting thing is that it doesn't doesn't feel like who knows, but it doesn't feel like this is the peak. You know, it doesn't, I don't feel like this is the best year we're going to have under him. It feels like there's better things to come. It, it's weird to say that we're a top. 20 team and i feel like momentum is building for a yeah. rise still. Yeah, you're right <laughs> and and also weird to say that we're a top 20 team and right now it feels like you know we're almost kind of like uh we're only in the top 20 i mean you know because we started so well being 16 is kind of like oh well that's great yeah we're 16 but important to keep it in perspective where we were last year where we were the year before being ranked 16th in the country, being 14 and three, not so bad. You know, I mean, we got to we got to start playing a little better in order to continue to stay at this level. But this is still a pretty good spot to be in right now. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we got a tough Bay Area trip, but uh, yes. but if that works yes. out, you know, Stanford tonight. Don't know how it's yeah. going to happen, but. Just in case uh, we nail it, ASU with that 77-72 victory, that's amazing. <laughs> well, every game so far in the conference has been down to the wire, if not overtime. Uh, I mean, the, the Arizona game was, you know, a one-possession game with a minute to go. Colorado went to OT. Utah was, you know, down to the very last shot that they had. Uh, Oregon State was the same way. Oregon, I think we lost by four, so... Every game so far in conference has been really close. We're not far from being 5-0, and and we're not far from being 0-5. So I, I don't know whether to feel good or bad about that. I guess it, you know, we'll, we'll see where things continue to go. Yeah. But 2-3 and three and a good trip here makes you feel a lot better. It does. Well, and, and Cal appears to be, I don't know if the numbers say it, you know, I'm not sure, but they're one of the worst teams in the conference. Um, so you'd hope to get that win. If you could get both, great. But again, I, I think the goal, you know, and we didn't quite, we didn't do what I wanted. As a, my goal was, hey, keep splitting on the road. If you go four and five on the road with that loss to Arizona already in the books, and you know, go eight and one at home, that puts you at twelve and six in the conference. You'd feel pretty good. Well, we've already lost one home game, so no margin for error there. But if we could steal a road sweep. That'd be great because then that kind of gets you back, you know, ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out a lot more after this. Matt, am I missing anything? I feel like I hit everything. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, you know, we, we, we got around. Yeah. NFL. We'll see who the Super Bowl matchup is. Um, 
and yeah, I think that that covered everything we discussed tonight. I should go back, not to give short shrift to Bryce Love. I shifted to Cle- uh, to Clemson, but big big for Stanford, obviously, to have him back. And you know, you you'd have to if you're short list of Heisman candidates for this coming season. He's got to be way up there because he might have won the Heisman this year if he'd stayed healthy. If he stays healthy next year, he could finally end Stanford's run of second-place finishes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he, look, he's scary. We saw what he did to ASU's yeah. defense this year and did to a lot of yeah. defenses this year, and he's back. And it's Up rare that he got hurt. He was so good, and, and he was still pretty good after he got hurt. Yeah. But he just couldn't play as much. They had to take him out all the time. He'd go in and out of the lineup. But, I mean, the first five or six games, he was doing things that were unheard of. After that, you know, he still was good, but he was so limited and he never got healthy again. So if he can remain fairly healthy, you're obviously always going to get banged up playing a full season. But, yeah, it it gives them a chance. I mean, they've had five runner-up finishes in the Heisman in the last nine years. They'll have a great candidate to finally get that first one. Yeah. Well, first one in this era, I should say. They've they've won one in the past with Plunkett, but uh, they, they got a chance to add another one. Yeah. First chance to get one in our lifetimes. Exactly, yeah. So we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be fun. And, you know, uh, looking ahead to the, you know, possible playoff, like is, is there a Pac-12 team that you could see in the playoff? I don't know, but Stanford certainly goes near the top now because of him coming back. They still got other holes, but with him back, good offensive line, maybe they found a quarterback at the end of the year. They could be the team to beat in the conference potentially. I would not be surprised at all if they wind up being the uh, the pick to click. One thing that I thought of that we didn't uh, include was how Khalil Tate's mom says things for Khalil Tate. Um, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. That that became kind of soap opera-ish. That and and his not wanting to run the triple option with two P's yeah. um, to play for Ken Niamatololo, who then turned them down. But of course. In classic, and I wouldn't just say Arizona, everybody fashion. They never offered the job to anybody but Kevin Sumlin. Coincidentally, though, within hours of Ken Niumatololo taking himself out of the running, they hired Kevin Sumlin, so you connect the dots. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I was always under the impression that no one ever gets offered a job until they accept it. Certainly, June Jones right. didn't have a contract in hand before we <laughs> exactly. hired Todd Graham. Exactly, yeah, yeah, everybody does it, you know, you can't. Because you can't say, well, this guy was our second choice. You'll get raked over the coals for that. But he was. Now, that doesn't mean he won't do well. But I think it's fair to say that uh, the job was going to Nia Montalolo if he had wanted it. Uh, but just like he did with BYU, he flirted and then went back. And, you know, at some point, you wonder if Navy might say, hey, you know, if you want to keep flirting, why don't you just go? But they haven't done that yet. He seems to be a great fit there. So, you know, good for him that he decided to stay where he's comfortable and it's, it's a good job. Maybe it's not a bad job to have at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's going to be kind of like uh, Peterson with Boise he and be. he'll be, he he'll, be. he'll go and he'll walk the line and eventually he'll, eventually he'll, he'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I, I don't, I don't blame him for staying. I mean, Navy's a very unique job, but it gives you a, I mean, it gives you a platform that honestly, Arizona doesn't. And I would say the same about Arizona State. I mean, Navy has one week out of the year at the end of the season where the entire focus is on Army-Navy. Not many jobs give you that. Now, I'm not saying it's as good a job as Alabama or USC or something like that, but mm-hmm. you get a you get a platform there that you don't get at a lot of places. Yeah. Well, and I, I am 
certain that there's a sense of pride to represent sure. one of the academies. But sure, absolutely. I mean, he's done a really good job there too. They're good every year. Uh, Army has, you know, finally gotten good again too. I mean, that's what's made that rivalry more fun is that the programs are getting better. You know, when we were kids and both teams were not very good, it had some pomp and circumstance, but that's it. Now, now both programs are pretty good, which makes it fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Now we're done. Now it's time for the outro. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll talk more ASU basketball. Maybe we'll get a rant about that ESPN story about who's voting and not voting for Bonds and Clemens because (laughs) actually, if you want the rant, uh, (laughs) the first draft rant 1.0, just go back in the feed, find that hall of fame rant because it's in there uh but right. we'll we'll rant on that we'll talk about the super bowl get not give picks but give our initial impressions and yes. uh who knows what else maybe bobby hurley will sign zion williamson too and it'll just be a, a massive <laughs> monster recruiting That'd be okay with me yeah <laughs> until next time he's matt i'm ben it's the ben and matt sportscast